Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This podcast is powered by SportString, your digital water cooler. You know, Sweet Chuck, tons of people take a multivitamin, including myself, and it's really important to choose one that's top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens... You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients to support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. 
It's a friendly lifestyle uh, adaptation to a wide range of diets. It contains less than a gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day, Sweet Chuck. And, you know, I spent $5 on a Starbucks, so it's a great deal. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during the cold and flu season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sportsdrink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sportsdrink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of Caught in the Net. Uh, I'm your co-host, Dave Severns, along with my friend, Mike Procopio. Sweet Chuck, I think this is episode seven, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't get canceled nine episodes ago, but hey, what are you going to do? We're doing it for the right price, so we're good. Yeah, the price is always right, Sweet yeah. Chuck. Yeah. Um, so how you been? Oh, not bad, Sev. Watching a little EuroLeague uh, action with uh, Milan playing uh, Panathinaikos in Greece while I talk to you and do this podcast. So everything's good, man. Oh, nice. We're, uh, Where are you, you Sev? We're closing in. I'm actually in Norway, Sweet Norway. Chuck, right now. This, yeah, this episode probably won't air for a couple more weeks, but... I'm in Norway right now. Been here a week, Sweet Chuck, doing some consulting for a pro team uh, over here that a friend of mine coaches. So uh, getting ready to start the playoffs in the top Norwegian league next week. I'm over here with my people. Yeah, your people. I forgot you're Norwegian. (laughs) I forgot that. Well, sort of. (laughs) So, yeah, it's all good. And uh, the NBA season's winding down. By the time this airs, they'll probably be into the last couple weeks and we'll talk more about that in later episodes. But today, Sweet Chuck, we want to get into how to structure a workout. Okay. Um, whether it be high school, college, professional player, how, how would you as a coach go about structuring a 60-minute workout? Because typically, Sweet's one player, 60 minutes, right? Yeah, I think an hour is a good. I think an hour is a good sort of frame of reference for anything. Like, like I mean, as far as individual workout or group or whatever, but definitely individual. I think an hour is solid. Like, you know, pregame would be fifteen to thirty minutes. You know, but if you like with a player off season or an off day, right. And you want to get some good work in. I think an hour is good, right? Yeah, I, th- I think and. If it's you by yourself having to chase balls and everything an hour for sure. If you have a helper that can help you chase balls and rebound or, you know, even better, two people so you don't have to pass or rebound. You can actually watch, teach, correct. Yep. Um, Four to five minutes, you could probably do it um, if you have if you have helpers on the court. Yeah, and I think it's it's just really important to sort of structure your time to maximize the time in the player's time that you have on the floor where you, it's sort of regimented. I think we've all been, we've all seen those workouts where, you know, we, we've seen people that we really like, enjoy watching work. Sure. And then we've seen the people that are just unorganized workouts are every, like every which way. And there's really no rhyme or reason or structure to the workout. And besides getting a sweat, the player's really not getting a lot out of it. I, you know, that, that's, that's, I mean, in my 28, 30 years or whatever doing it, that's sort of my experience. Right. 
Okay, so you, you, you've, you've got the gym, you got the player, uh, you've agreed on a time to meet at the gym. So, so, you know, you go to the gym, physically you got to, you know, set up the gym. Are you, are you a coach? You know, do you bring combs? Do you do chairs? You know, do, is there a gun available in the gym? All those types of things, I, you know, you need to kind of prepare, you know, for your lesson as if you were a teacher. Hey, one thing, Sweet sure. Chuck, and I'm going to ask you your opinion and then I'll give you mine. Yeah. Music, music or no music in the workout? I'm no music for sure. <laughs> like if I had my, if I had my way, but a lot of times in some I'm, situations you don't have your way, you know? Yeah. And I'm with you. You know, I'm with you. I, you know, I go into gyms, you know, so often where the, you know, the music's blaring and, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's all the high energy with all that. But then the, the player can't hear the coach uh, instructor correct. You know, you got the music going and everything and. You know, so, you know, you and I are a little old school, so we're, we're in the no music camp. Agreed? Yes, agreed. Like, look, you're there for an hour. You're trying to get something accomplished. You're trying to get the player better. You're trying to get better as a coach. Like, I think that the player, you know, look at, you know, the attention span needs to be there. And I think that it's, it's hard enough to have attention span when you're just working with a player. Sure. Imagine if you throw in music. Look, if you're, if you're just a team or a player getting shots up and there's no instruction and you want to get spots, blare the music. That's yeah, different. blare the music. Yeah. You want to get into your rhythm. Like, like, yeah, and I think you know, fans will notice like NBA pregame, players are out there, they, you know, they got their earbuds in, you know, and, and uh, they listen to the music. That's different. That's a, you're just getting shots up trying to, you know, trying to get ready for the game and, you know, in your own headspace. But we're talking about off-season, so, okay. Yep. So now we're in the gym, Sweet sure. Chuck. We, we've established that we're not going to have any music blaring, you and I. Right. Uh, you got the player there. Maybe you have a helper, maybe you don't. You got a couple balls. Uh, how are we going to start this thing out in, as far as structure? Well, Sweet how Chuck? do you like to start it? And we're not, we're not going to, first of all, uh, we're not going to get into specific player, uh, excuse me, position development work like guards, forwards, and that'll come later. Right. This is just like big picture overall, regardless of what the position yeah. is. Or regardless if he's a pro or he's a high school kid. Or she's a pro or a high school kid. She, exactly. Yeah, he or she, yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, my, my mistake. Not a, I got to be more Not woke. a mistake. I just want to make sure that no one's offended, you know. <laughs> we're, we're big on that. Hey, by the Yo. way, by the What's way, it? we had a little we had a little camp here in Norway this week. Okay. You know, with the young kids and and... The best players were the girls. Of course. <laughs> yeah. They really get after it and pay attention. All day, every day. In my Only in my experience, working with girls is a lot easier than working with guys as far as their attention span, uh, attention to detail, coachability, right. you know, all of that. Uh, that. That for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, Okay, so, back to the workout. Right, so you start a workout, Seb. What do you like to start with? Like, what? You, you know, I, 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 I like to do ball handling, Sweet Chuck. Okay. Uh, regardless of position, I think, I think ball handling and, and getting comfortable with the ball in your hands, you know, and however you want to do the ball handling, we won't get into the specifics, but I like to do some, you know, whether it be stationary or on the move a little bit, I like to do ball handling. Okay. Some, some sort of ball handling. Right, I... I like to sort of warm it up and, and go from total stationary into a little bit of movement in a sense that first I like to start with like form shooting and where they're just getting okay. locked into their shot. One hand, elbow, positioning, follow through. 
make sure we're just we're just concentrating on the follow through, the elbow being straight, the shot line being on line, right? And then we'll get into the ball handling. So like because ball handling okay. to me is yeah. more movement. So like I like to sort of yes. build into that. And your ball handling, Sev, how long do you usually like to last? Five, five minutes. minutes. One player. Yep. Yeah, five minutes. Yep. I think that that's a good amount of time um, to get into that. Um, and and you know later on in the workout, obviously you're going to incorporate some ball handling into your shooting mm-hmm. routine too. Mm-hmm. So so you'd always come back to the ball handling at some point, uh, included in the other work. So um, okay, so you know structuring the workout. Um, what do you think? What do you think uh, might come next with Jeff? Well, I, you know, look, the overall structure of the workout for me would be, look, we're revving it up until we're gonna go a good like fifteen or twenty minutes, sort of really hard, the hardest we can get to, for like a fifteen twenty minute in a conditioning standpoint. So. We started with, you started with ball handling, I started with form shooting, then I like to get into some ball handling. And then, you know, to me, regardless of what else I'm doing next, I want to get into some spot shooting. Like I want to get into about 12 to 15 feet, you know, stepping into the shot, again, watching, watching the shot, watching the follow through, making sure they're not twisting and turning and don't have any movement that they don't need to have. You know, just sort of letting the player get loose a little bit. Maybe you make five. Like I like to go five spots, uh, five spots, make five, and then come back with the same five spots, two corners, elbows, and free throw line. I like to go make five, five spot, and then come back two in a row, five spots. So they got to make two in a row Mm -hmm. and then go to five spots. So now they're just – so again, just try to get focused into their shot. What what do you like to do? Right. And, I'm and, sorry, Seth. Yeah, that's no, that's good. I you know, I think uh, you know a lot of people refer to that as block shooting or block training. You know, where you're just you're not moving. You're at one spot, and and you know there's some you know I read a lot of stuff about different workouts, mm-hmm. and there's some people that disagree and say you know that 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 doesn't do you any good because you're not you know it doesn't happen in a game. You know, you're not standing in one spot in a game taking you know five or ten reps, which is true. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it's really important to have that during a workout. You need to have that section of block shooting mm-hmm. um, where where you can correct and the repetitions and all that. I think that's that's important for a player. Right. Um, you know, you're going to also have you know some you know simulated game shots too, where it's not block shooting. I think you have to have sure. both in your in your workout. Both you know both in in finishing. I mean, if you're going to do finishing work, you can do it. You can do it very, you know, simply and fundamentally with just the end of the play, the finish, and then you can add the the actual how do you get to the finish off the dribble and all that stuff. Yeah, I I believe if we're working on finishing and and sort of I'll get into it later talking about it, but like, you know, finishing I agree with you. Like, I think it needs to be the ball and the actual finishing needs to be an extension of your body and your mind in a sense. Like, so I think working on the finishes by themselves just to get, you know, your brain and your, in your motor skills sort of linked up just to sort of rep it out, rep it out, rep it out, rep it out and just be, you know, so the balls is part of you and and you're doing it, you know, in, in time, depending on how many reps you get over a period of time, it'll be just regular. It'll just be a part of you. It'll be very simple. But yeah, I, I agree with you, like working on some finishing things too, but the block shooting is important. Okay. I think 
Yeah. yeah, you watch JJ Reddick. You listen to JJ Reddick. You listen to Kyle Corbett oh, yeah, talk yeah. about their shot. You know, you know. Yeah, and I've, I've, you know, actually, you know, been on the court with JJ as, you know, no more than a passer because you don't mess with JJ. I sure. Mean, okay, coach, let's get my. You know, he's got his routine, you know, in his mind exactly, and it didn't change much, you know, with the two years I was around him, two or three, yeah. you know. So he had it structured. And in a way that, you know, you didn't mess with it. You just kind of passed him the ball and, hey, nice job, J.J., you know. Um, so those, those are always good, too. Now, Sweet Chuck, let's, let's kind of talk about what if, you know, if, we, if we've got two players um, and, we're, and, we're, and we're working on finishing, I think then, then, then you, after they do the one-on-o finish and stuff, I think it's good to maybe have a little bit of guided defense or maybe even some live defense when when you're working on finishing, if you have two players in the workout, so now they're actually having to make a decision based on the defense. What do you well, think? Well, how how long into the workout does it take for you to start getting into live stuff? So me, I like to fifteen minutes. Yeah, I like to get twenty twenty five minutes of just trying to get everything settled before we do that. Right. But yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you want them to feel a body on them as they're finishing, for sure, like you know, working on that. If you have two players, you know, and or if you're a coach that. You know that can get in there physically and you know, do it a little bit. So, I think that's something that coaches just keep in mind. You know, if you have two players, when do you, when do you transition into more one-on-one contact stuff and finishing during your workout? Okay, so you, know, you don't obviously start right away with that stuff. Right. So the structure of the workout. Are we structuring a workout now for one player or two? Yes. Yeah. I I got off track, sweet Chuck. I I just got that thought in my mind. We're not. We're not going to talk about two players. Just okay. One. No, no, no. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. So hey, sweet Chuck, let's get that train back on track. Yeah. No shit, Sev. No shit. Uh, <laughs> hey, by the way, I'm right. At, I'm, my hotel's right across from the train station. I, what I don't understand, sweet Chuck, mm-hmm. everywhere I go in the world, just about has unbelievably modern rail systems. You know, whether it's Asia or Europe. You know, it's, we can't get that done in the U.S. We really want to start talking politics now, Seb? <laughs> you know, we can't get those high-speed rail you know, trains done <laughs> like, like everybody else does. It's so efficient. Anyway, back on track. One player, we're into the work. All right, so hold on. Just so everyone's back on track, because you went, <laughs> as fucking usual, you go 100 miles an hour the other way. So we On the bullet train. Yeah. So we've done form shooting. Ball handling, spots, what's your next thing? A little bit of finishing. I think you got to get into the finishing aspect, you know, working on your touch around the back. And this is for all players, all players. Um, You know, whether it be your floaters or your different reverse finishes with layups and both hands and things like that. I mean, there's a broad scope of things that you can, you know, actually teach technique-wise. How long? I like 10 minutes, sweet Chuck. I think it's that important. If you have an hour workout, I'm big on, you know, I think 10 minutes is good for the, the finishing and the floaters and the runners and all that stuff. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I like to go a little shorter just because of the fact that, like, we've done, we built into our shot, and then if we go back too long into something else, we're sort of getting away from it a little bit. But if, if, if you're just asking what I like to do, I like to go like five to seven minutes, you know, again, glass, no glass, floater, sure. just, just again, getting a feel of it. And then, 
and then just because it's finishing at any position, one to five is an important deal. If it's not a floater, a layup, or a reverse layup, or a little push shot, I mean, it's you know, there's so many types of different types of finishes. I'd like to go if I'm going five to seven minutes. I'm only working on like two things. I'm like, we'll either we'll touch on the okay. floater, then we'll go off glass. You know, we're not really going into 28 different finishes in a nine or a 10 minute span. Because again, I want to really get a lock in to, you know, locked into a couple of shots. So now they're they're really getting, you know, they're getting somewhere with those two finishes versus trying to do 20 different things on finishing, you know. Because again, I just I don't want them to get too not confused, but I don't want to water it down where I'm only getting a couple of reps on a like eight different things. I'd rather them get 15, 20, 25 reps. At least on each type of finish that we're going to be working on, so they're getting a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, I think I think to me they get more development that way rather than just doing a lot of things for a short period of reps. Okay, um, sweet Chuck, let's talk. You know, let's talk a little bit big picture on um, your voice, sure. your correcting voice, your encouraging voice, sure. um, and how much we insert that. Because you can't. One of the things that I've noticed with some with some coaches, mm-hmm. you know, trainers, whatever you want to call them, is there's a there's a comment after every rep, mm-hmm. which which you know, you think of, if you're a player, that's going to drive you nuts. I remember with the Clippers, we we hired a shooting coach for one of our players, and uh, at the beginning, the coach really didn't know the player's personality, right. and and the, and the coach was was commenting, you know, with a correction, whatever it was, after every rep. And after about two workouts, the player said, hold on. Yeah. Okay, calm down. You know, to, let's, 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 let's tone it down a little bit with every rep, you know, having to comment. Okay, so to me, it depends on what we're trying to do. Like, to me, I'm not really saying a lot if I'm just, if, the, if, <clears throat> if I'm, if a player's a good shooter and they're just getting spots up, I'm not going to say a word. I'm just going to let them shoot. You know, if they say, hey, what do you think or whatever, then I'll insert something. If I see them travel, of course, I'm going to say something. Now, if I was working on building somebody's shot or a floater, that's like, yeah, my first week or two weeks with the player shooting the floater, I'm commenting on every rep be only the floater because of the fact to me, teaching the floater. and, And as you know, it's one of my favorite things to teach. Like my, you're the float king. My, hey, and by the way, floater king. Yeah. Not only with the basketball court, but sweet chuck. We go to Dairy Queen right in the summers, and you get those root beer floats pretty good. Yeah, no too. doubt about that. No doubt about that. Yeah, yeah that's the other float. Only if I'm like. in Iowa, though. Yeah. I only allow it to it when I'm. In yeah, Iowa. exactly in Iowa. But like to me, like if I'm teaching a floater, like my big thing is like trajectory of the ball. So like I'll I'll, sure. I'll tell a player look it's either gonna be straight up in the air which is perfect I'll I'll say perfect or you're gonna hold it too long or too forward so like every rep would be sure. perfect like perfect too forward or holding it too long so now they know my thing is if I say perfect and it go like I want them to know how it feels and they I'll, not the result yeah no 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 not the result it, when it leaves its hand yeah. I'll say it. And then, so now they'll get it in their brain as well as the physical. And after a few weeks, then I stop, you know, and I, I might add a comment sure. or two. But yes, 90% of the workout said, a lot of times 100% of the workout, I won't say a word. If it's a new skill we're developing, I might say more. Or, or, or a new player that you're working with. Sure. You don't know very well. Yeah, I'm not a... Let me, let me ask you this, Sweet yeah. Chuck. I think, 
I think our listeners might be interested in, and you've done a, you've just spent a lot of time with Rondo. Sure. Uh, you know, I remember since we had him at pre-draft with Grover, sure. you're very close with him, and you spent a lot of time with Rondo. Without question. Not a great, not a great shooter. Has struggled with his shot yeah. throughout his career. We all know right. about that. Like you're on the court with him and working on his shooting. How much verbal feedback with Rondo when you when you worked with him? Um, it depends on the day. It depends on the day because <laughs> his his mood. Yeah, not yours. yeah. He did. If he did, look, <laughs> like if you're with a high school kid. To me, like I, I want harmony. Like if the kid. You know, if the player that you're working with doesn't really like all the verbiage stuff, then you try to find a happy medium. With an NBA player, sure. you're basically at sure. their beck and call. Like, you need your voice and you need to coach them. But, like, if they're a vet like that and they're not into it, then they're not going to want to work with you if you're going to be a pain in the ass and keep doing things that they don't want them to do. But, again, obviously you need that happy medium. With his shooting, okay. Sev, what happened was – when we got to the Mavericks, when he got to the Mavericks, like Coach Carlisle wanted to work with him on his shot and correct his shooting. And then Holger, Dirk's coach, wanted to correct him on his shooting. And they're very technical, like 20 different things in their shot that they're concentrating on. So like to me, when I'm like with Rondo, when, when finally that stuff didn't work and he came back, not defeated, but didn't seem like he was great with things with his shot, I said, look, all I want to do is make sure I'm not touching your sh- – it's during the season, so we can't change your shot. What we could do right. is make it higher, softer, and slower. And the way that we're going to do that only is on your follow-through is I want f- I want elbow to your eyebrow and get that ball high in the air. I don't care about anything else. You, the power sure. of your shot, your footwork, all that stuff, you're going to keep the same. We don't have the time. So I want to make sure – my thing was the free throw. If you can get, because you have way more control of the free throw than you do on, on your jump shot. So we wanted to make sure every rep was high, soft, and slow and getting that ball as high as we can. Almost like a floater from the free throw line. And what happens, Sev, sure. is in a decent amount of time, and what we, what, what we would do is we would, do, we would work on it. And then after home games, we would go down to the practice facility. There's eight baskets. And what we would do is he had to make five in a row at eight baskets, and then we would go home. But, again, sure. making sure we work on getting that ball high, soft, and slow to get more touch on the rim because, again, he's not a good shooter. At that point, he wasn't a good shooter. And I want to make sure if it's going to hit the rim, if you're going to shoot a line drive fastball and it's going to hit the rim, it's coming right out, right out, just like a floater. But if you get that ball on a trajectory where it's very straight – and it's going to fall in where it's going to give you some bounces and softer when it hits the rim. He ended up, I think he came to us at like 42%. When we worked the last 20 games of the year, when we really worked together, he was at like 74 in those 20 games, and then he shot like 52 mm-hmm. from the three. Now, of course, that was just on on small amount of takes, but I think right. that when he understood Getting the like, but again, it takes a lot of verbiage every day to make sure that he knows what it feels like, and the result of that, if the shot, you know, how the shot was, and then there were days where like, Mike, I don't want to fucking hear it, and I'm like, all right, done, we won't hear it, I'll hear it tomorrow, but like for this to happen, for you to really become a better free throw shooter, that ball needs to get higher and softer, or 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 we're not doing the right things. Okay. 
All right, I just I just was curious about yeah. that. Uh, back on track. Sure. Uh, back on track to, to the big picture of the structure of the workout. Okay. Um, so now we're kind of, you know, probably midway through a workout. And I think now, to me, Sweet Chuck, is the time where you incorporate, you know, some, some game speed, game shooting. You know, where, where are they going to get shots in the game, if at all? From where will they be from? Uh, what's the situation? Is it, is it a slide shot? Is it an off-the-dribble shot? Is it a uh, you know catch and shoot off a screen? Whatever it is, is it a a post up? You know whatever. Right. We'll get into that on later episodes. But now I think you you have to incorporate some live game situational shooting. What do you think? At least like ten fifteen. Yeah, minutes. I like I like to build in. You know, I, like so up to this point we've done warm up spots finishing. Do you put it on the floor at all? Do you work on that? Do you talk about footwork like? That's the thing on your workouts. Like, how do you? I think if if yeah, if if you if you are going to go down that road, this is the time to do mm-hmm. it. You know, if you're going to talk about footwork into the shot off the dribble, or or footwork off a screen, or or where to go on penetration, yeah. or how to how to shoot off a pick and roll, all those game situational type things that are not block shooting. Yeah, I think this is the time. You know, this is the time when when you kind of get into those situations yeah to me yeah so like what i would like to do from there sev is work on like you know work on a shot that you're going to shoot in game so like if it's a guard right like they, right. they're going to be shooting shots on the move we'll, we'll work on some stuff on the move we'll work on some stuff off the dribble and then we'll combine it all into a conditioning three shot yeah. three shot four shot type drill work where now, like, we worked on the block type of the, the shot they're going to shoot in a game. So, like, so say, like, for guard, right, I want them to shoot, like, threes off the move, you know, if they're in right. transition or whatever, relocating, like, catch and go, two dribble, pull up, and then, like, yeah. any type of finish. So what I would do, Seb, then I would combine it into a conditioning game-like situation. So, for instance, I'd start them under the basket, right? I'd sprint them out to the corner, three-point sh- like, we'll do a three-shot drill. Sprint out to the corner, right. pull up out of the corner to the wing, and then sprint to half court into a transition three up top. Uh, to, I'm sorry, transition catch from the top, two dribble pull up. So all the things that we worked on, now I'm going to combine into a three shot drill where now they're going to be now they're going to be moving. Right. They're going to be you know. So we're not just on one spot. They're in, in the game rep where like mm-hmm. so sprinting out to the three would be all right, you're coming off a pin like a pin down, you know, where a guy comes from the three sure. point corner. You come out from the from the from the bottom to the wing, I mean to the corner, and then pull up out of the corner like you would on pick and roll, and then do just do something out of transition. Drills like that where you yeah, incorporate okay. three yeah, shots. Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. How about you, Seb? What um, what's your Yeah, yeah, idea may not be three shots, but it's going to be something like that. I mean, it, and I think the coaches have to consider, you know, you know, what's the conditioning of the player like, you know, what, what's his, um, you know, what's his physical, can, can he do that kind of stuff yet? And, and let's assume that he can, and he's physically able to do that. Then, then you get into those type of situations. Um, well, okay. You know, yeah. I'm a little confused a now. Guy, yeah. Guard. It doesn't matter. Well, I'm a little confused now. Cause like you say, game situation, right? What like, do you mean you're confused? Well, you're what, do you, what do you mean? I, I didn't make myself clear, sweet child. No, no, not at all, actually. So <laughs> No, okay. How, what, how can I clear this well, up for you? 
All right, so take me through. How about this? Take me through your right. whole workout with a guy. Take me through a whole workout well, with a guy. You, you got an hour. No, no, no. Okay, well, you, you got a high school. Okay, I understand. A high school guard. Okay, you got a high school guard. Okay, what? there you go. That's that's okay. Now we're getting it down to specific. Yeah. So in this part, in the, in in well, we've just went through a lot of the stuff, but in this part of the drill, mm -hmm. okay, say he's a guard, he's a high school guard. Now is what we're going to do, like you said. Game situation shooting with some conditioning, mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, to me, uh, pick and roll shooting, mm -hmm. and and that could include four or five different things. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, shooting off the dribble, like attacking closeout shooting, mm -hmm. uh, transition shooting, mm -hmm. uh, relocation shooting, mm -hmm. whether it be you know driving kicks or in transition. Okay. And that's, that's, that's about it. So anything that would happen in a game outside of block shooting where they're stationary and free throws, this is the time we would do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a hundred different drills and different things to work on, but I would figure it out, you know, I would when I plan my workout with this player, I, I would figure out during this structure, during this 15 minutes or whatever, these are the you know three or four things that we're gonna do. What are your reps? Work what are your reps like, like on on these drills? Like how many are you making? How many are you taking? Time? I I don't know. It, it depends. Mm -hmm. I, I I'd figure that out. You know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It depends. If it's if it's a professional player that's a better shooter, mm -hmm. you know I think you can up up you know say you got the number of makes that you wanted to make. You can it can be higher than than you would have with a high school player because a high school player who's not as good a shooter maybe. You know, you don't want to put the number too high, and he never gets to it. You stopping it and talking you, it during the workout. During yeah, the and and plus you have to you have to take into account, you know, you know the stopping and correcting and teaching aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So this this is an important part of the workout because it's you know it's a big chunk of the workout that has to be designed by the coach to be related to what that player is going to do in a game, and furthermore. Adding some, you know, conditioning and some movement, which happens in a game too. So, which is like all the stuff you were just talking about. But, you know, the number of makes, the number of reps, all that—that's that can be determined by the coach. Competitive, you know, like that, and that can yeah. that can change too. It can be a competitive thing, mm -hmm. you know, where if you don't make a certain number and a certain amount of attempts, you start over. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you're going to go down that road, you know, be prepared to start over. And maybe over, and maybe over again. I remember when we first had, we first got Lance Stevenson with the Clippers, and we were doing some of that. You know, you have to do this by, you know, you got to make so many out of this and whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, and and he was having a tough day when we first got him, and he couldn't do it. He couldn't make it. You know, and he had to, you know, he's there forever until he finally makes it. So if you're if you're going to go down that road. You know, make sure that you understand it. It may take more time than you have allotted for that player. Um, what What are some of the issues you see players in workouts? Like some of the issues that you would say that, like, all right, workouts are really not going the way I want it to go. Like, you know, any issues that you see that you need sometimes a, a coach has to fix during the workout, where it's like, all right, this is what I wanted to do. I, this is. Yeah, you have to be willing to adjust on the fly. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if, if, if according to a lot, some of it's according to the player's, um, you know, his physical state. You know, if he thought he could really go for an hour, but he couldn't, I think you need to be able to adjust there. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to adjust to his his emotional state. Mm -hmm. 
if he's just having a horrible day, he can't make anything, he can't handle the ball, you know, he's not doing well with his dribble, um, you, you got to be willing to adjust. And, and sometimes adjust means to stop. Or, you know, take a break, let's do some free throws, and then get back at it. Mm-hmm. Um, those, are, those are all things that you have to figure out in the structure of your workout. You, you maybe have to, you know, go to plan B sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, Does, especially with pro- professional players. Right. Uh, high school kids, you can be more of the, um, you know, you can be more of the dictator in the workout. Yeah. A lot of conditioning during the workout at all, or not a lot. Yeah. This is this is the section that we're talking about is where you would do the conditioning. You're not you're not there to get them in shape. Mm-hmm. You know, you're there, there to work on their skill. Now, can you incorporate some conditioning? Sure, and I think you should, and I think they should be able to accept that. But you're not there to get them in shape. Right. Got it. All right, sweets. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of what we look at. Um, but at, and and going back to the beginning, you got you got to start with the plan. You, you know whether it's in your head or it's on a piece of paper. You know you got to have a plan. I think for for that day, for that kid, for that player, uh, and you just can't go in there and wing it because you know they'll they'll especially older players they'll pick up on that right away. Yeah. They should coaches should have this stuff written down. What 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 should they be doing? Like it, yeah. Well, unless you have you know great you know a great ability to to memorize a workout in your head, you know writing it down is good. You know you and I have done it both ways. Mm-hmm. You know we've we've written stuff down and we we've, we've also gone where we've had our ideas in our head right. with what we wanted to do. Right. So how would you wind the workout down and finish up? I, I, you know, your three-point shooting has to be included in there somewhere. Now, I, it's going to be in the block section earlier in the workout, as well as in the, uh, you know, the uh, game speed, game situational workout mm-hmm. is where you're going to get some of your three-point shooting. But I think the ending has to include some combination of three-point shooting in a block setting and free throws. However you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you got to get your free throw work in. And a lot of coaches like to get their free throw work uh, interspersed throughout the workout. But at the end, I think it has to be some three-point shooting block and some free throws. What about you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, like, just sort of build up to it and then and then probably wind down with it. I think most players usually get yeah. shots in spots and stuff. And then when we're, when we're done with all that, we'll get into our defense. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That ain't happening. Yeah, I believe it when I see it on on, on that. Yeah, Def- defense cutting, you know. Yeah, <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Try to try to sell players. Hey, today we're going to work on cutting for forty five minutes, and then we're going to do defense for fifteen minutes. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, we're not we're not making fun of defense because we know it's fifty percent of the game, but. Uh, if you're if you're able to incorporate some into your workout, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, high school kids especially, I think you can be more like I said, the dictator and and do some defensive stuff. But I I swear, switch. You and I have seen thousands of off season workouts, and very 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 few 
of those times do we see any defense incorporated? Yeah, us included. So, I mean, it's not... Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm in that group. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not... I don't think any... I don't really... Like I do, because I don't... I, don't th- I, I think 99% of people who work players out, the only right. time they're getting defensive work in is if they're in practice. You know what You know what I've seen at Sweet Chuck? Is when uh, the assistant coach from a team travels to see a player in the summer... Mm-hmm. And, and they're in that player's town, and they're doing the workout instead of the personal trainer, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to try to in, in, in include some defense because the head coach has probably told them. But to. it's funny, like, because the same assistant coaches, that, <laughs> like, when they work with players during the season, they would never do it. No, they, never. I mean, if but, there's a know. defensive... If there's a defensive stuff, like a defensive section in practice, then they'll work on it. But as far as defense, right. it's never worked on. Ever, unless it's like a yeah. defensive segment in practice, you know. You know something we didn't mention, Sweet Chuck, that I I would I would throw in there somewhere probably with the ball handling stuff is passing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the positional passing that they're going to have point guards. You know the pocket pass, the hook pass, the skip pass, the jump pass. You know the, the simple driving kick pass. Post players being able to, you know, you know hit the corner on a short roll. Or, you know whatever whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, if you're able to throw in some some passing. Yeah, now look. There's no defense, so it's not going to be real, realistic because there's no defenders out there to intercept the ball or deflect. So, the what pass. are they just but going back and forth with you with passing? Yeah, if you're able to do some skill work with passing, uh, you know, the, all the pick and roll passes that you would have, the driving kick passes with both hands, you know, the, the 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 skip passes, the jump passes. If you're a post player, you know out of the post to cutters to weak side skip passing, all that stuff, Sweets. Uh, I think that you could, you know, big picture incorporate that into your so work. So how would you structure it? Like so, you're uh, 10 feet away from him or him or her or, or you know, and they're just, you're just throwing yeah, passes? Yeah, 15 feet, you know. what You know, however it happens in a game. You know, if it's a pocket pass and a pick and roll, you'd be, you know, 10 to 12 feet or whatever. You know, if it's a skip pass, you're, you know, going cross court, corner to wing, wing, whatever it is. You know, if, if you're working on drive and kick stuff, then you're, you know, working on the penetrate and the pitch shot from all different angles. Right. So, yeah. A little passing sweets. Yeah. So, so, you know, we've come to the end. Um, what do we got after that, sweet Chuck? Any, any kind of uh, sit down, talk to the player afterwards? This is what went well. This is what didn't go well. What do you yeah, think? I think you need to, right? I mean, I think you... You have to talk to the guys. You can't just say, hey, see you later. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have some sort of closure to your lesson. Right. And look, I mean, this is going to vary from position to position, the the shots that you would take in a a workout. I think we're just sort of, I think we're, I mean, this was all over the place as far as what we were talking about. But I think that getting an idea that like in an hour time, trying to get a sort of simple plan of, you know, building up your workout, building into some situational things, correction, talking to the player you know, some skills that you would cover. But, like, you know, look, if it's a two-guard, you probably do more coming off screens and things like yeah, that. Sure. If it's a point guard, more pick and roll. If it's a big, you're doing more post-up, pick and roll, pick and pop, things like that. So, um, but I think talking to the player, I think certain workouts you'll have that you just want to get shots up, that all game simulated stuff or situational stuff or just game shots or just getting spots. Some players you'll have to specifically like, yeah, have your routine, but work into a specific thing they're trying to get better at. So I, I think, mm-hmm. like you said in the beginning, I think it all depends on what type of player, what your situation is. 
are they trying to get better at something or are they just trying to get a routine that they're just trying to get in tune with? So I think that... And also, you know, what's their what's their physical, you know, makeup at the time? You know, what kind of shape they're in? Is there any injury that you need to consider? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, they're on a limited, you know, amount of... I don't know what they call that stuff nowadays, sweet chuck, but hey, he's only Minute restriction limited to, or... you know... Yeah, he's only limited to 100 jumps, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, or whatever it yeah. is, you know. So, you know, especially with professional players, you know, the consultation with the trainer, if there is an issue, a lot of, you know, if there's not an issue, then you just do whatever you want. But right. if there's a physical issue with the player, you need to check in with the trainer to see what's going on. And then, you know, at the end, you talk to the player and, and you know, just kind of be a human being and we'll see you uh, the next time. Yeah, I think an hour you can get a lot of work in and, you know, if you can get yeah. if you can get three times a week with a, a a player for an hour a day, I think you're sure. you're in good shape. And then some of the rest of the days, maybe you're with them twenty minutes or thirty minutes. But if you can get two or three days a week, like in the off season or during, you know any time during the year, if you're getting them two or three times a week for an hour, I think you're in you're in a good place. You know. And at, and at that point of the workout, you would turn the camera off and make sure that it was downloaded onto social media. Yeah, I wish I knew how to do that, Sev. <laughs> I wish I knew how to do that, my man. But yeah, no, I agree. I can barely turn my computer on. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. No doubt about that. So, um, Okay, any closing thoughts, Sweets? Nah, I think we're good. I think we're good. I think this was a little bit of a, like I said, we're all over the place and just talking about just workouts and sort of structure. I think it's tough. I think the toughest part is like not knowing position because, you know, I think if like, you and I could have a better conversation if we were like, all right, what are we doing on our point guard workouts? Today? And we will. And our wing. Yeah, and in and, and the, the coming weeks, we're going to, you know, for our listeners, we're going to specifically give our thoughts, whatever that's worth, on a specific player position. And we'll probably, Sweet Chuck, knowing how you and I work, we'll, we'll hit point guard, uh, a shooting guard, you know, a forward and a, and a center. Sure, yeah, we could do that for sure. And, well, that's kind of all there is, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll we'll be more structured. Today was uh yeah. yeah, today was not a fucking structured day, let's be honest. So but I think it's a good I think it's a good at least I think the the best things that we probably told him today is about how long it was, some of the things that we talk about. And I think that like I think the most important thing you can do in a workout is keep your eyes on the player. You know, and it's tough mm-hmm. because if you're the only one rebounding, you're worried about the rebound. Yeah, it's hard. But like, yeah. But the thing is, if you're working with a player and they're traveling, if they're a wing player, say, and they're traveling every, I saw that. Um, who was the guy that plays for Denver? Maybe like the third or fourth best player, not Porter Jr. Will Barton. Yeah. So Will Barton was working out. I never forget this, and this is where I started really taking keeping my eyes on the player really seriously. I started to do that first when I was watching like Ray Allen work out for the Heat and nobody was watching him. Not that you need to watch him. They were just like rebound and pass and worry about that. Then Will Barton was working out before a game and he was working on catching ghosts and he was traveling every fucking time. And when I tell you every time, he was traveling every time. I forgot what year this was. Might have been 16, 17, whatever. And we played him close game. He he's into the game. He catches on the wing, puts it on the floor. What do you think happens? He fucking travels. Travel. And not one time. And no offense to the coach or anything like that. But not no. one time did the coach say, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Like 
your pivot foot's gotta stay down because you're splitting your feet, you're splitting your feet, you're splitting your feet. And the guy fucking travels, cost him the game. And I don't care, it doesn't have to cost you the game or whatever. But when you're in a workout, like keep your eyes on the player. And that's sure. that was like and, yeah. And my my uh you know I don't know if it's a pet peeve, but one of the things that really that I have to call out when I'm doing a workout is, you know, stepping out of bounds, stepping sure. on the line. Sure. Or not only not only the out of bounds line, sweet Chuck, but you know, having your toe on the three point line. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to me, you got to call those out every time. Yeah. You stepped on the line. And look, your foot's on the line. Yeah. Things that you got to really be looking at: footwork on travels. You know, depending. Sure. What, let's just forget about you correcting anything. We're not talking about shooting coaches or anything. Like that. I'm talking about like right. like travels, carrying, stepping out of bounds. Carrying the ball is a huge. Stepping one. out of bounds. Ball yeah. ball positioning. If you think the ball is going to get stripped from them because they're exposing the ball and because it's like a one on zero workout, and I think those things are huge. And it, yeah, those things to me and you, sweet Chuck, are non negotiables that have to be corrected every time because they're so big. Like how many times you watch in any type of game, call high school, college, pro, where they step out of bounds? How many times do we see yeah. when they when they split their feet and travel? How many carries do we mm-hmm. see? How many times they get the ball sure. stripped because they you know they didn't really pay attention to what hip the ball should be on or protecting the ball like, and that's the big thing. Yeah. It's you know that's baffling to me. While coaches watching coaches work out, I don't care what you do with a player, like what you do and what I do and what you know Johnny Appleseed does. It doesn't fucking matter. Like like whatever you do and you're comfortable with teaching, that's what you teach. But if they're breaking a rule. And we're not saying anything about breaking the rule. That we're not doing our job as a coach. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and my big thing on the on the um, stepping out of the lines is especially in the corners. Yeah. I mean, we see so much of that in the corners nowadays. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's our thoughts, sweet Chuck, on structuring a workout. It, and uh, I think I think that's it. Structuring structuring a workout in an unstructured podcast. I like that. <laughs> I like that. All right. And uh, hey, thanks thanks everybody for joining us. And uh, this week you've been caught in the net. <laughs>